Welcome to John Wayne Lied to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me, your number one asshole, grade A, dickweed John Wayne. That's right. Here I am, the one you love to love and hate to love and hate to hate, but love to hate. John Wayne, I'm here. I'm back. I'm in the neon palace of sin in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, right now. Not for long, though. I'm about to uh, leave in a matter of just a, a couple of hours here, actually. Hit the road for uh, Lexington, Kentucky, the home of those oh-so-fuckable buckets of mud. And one of my favorite people, Tony Evans, not to mention Chris McCormick, shouts out my man. I love you guys. I am coming to Scarefest. I'm leaving in a couple hours as of this record uh, and uh, all that, and we'll talk more about that later. Like I said, I am in my neon palace of sin here in Las Vegas. I have a nice piping cup of coffee that I'm drinking here in my John Wayne is Dead mug. Ooh, la la. Those are available on my uh, custom apparel site, which you can go to johnwayneisdead.com and click the link there, and it'll take you to that store with all kinds of awesome stuff. It's uh, it's sweater weather, guys. There are hoodies and zip-up hoodies uh, available right now in uh, several of my, uh, what I like to call, fantastic designs. So please check that out at johnwayneisdead.com. I'll have a little sip of coffee in solidarity with everyone this morning. Mm. Very good. I am uh, also smoking a nice peeping, piping, popping bowl of Grandpappy's medicine. Oh, that's right. Uh, I am smoking um, some runts uh, today by a uh, nice little marijuana company called Firestar. Of course, I got this from my place, Oasis, in in downtown Las Vegas, my dispensary. Uh, I love them. This is we're we're working with twenty seven point two six percent THC on this this morning. So good day, sunshine. Good day, every. One. Yes. So like I said, uh, I am recording this here um, the right before it comes out here on Monday, uh, just to, uh, you know, get right before I get on the road here, keep you the most up to date as possible. I wasn't going to leave until Tuesday, but then I, I got to look in and I, you know, I do all these drives and for some reason I didn't like I was like, you know, talking to Scarlett, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, Lexington, Kentucky, it's like a 36-hour drive, and I was like, no, it's not, she's like, yeah, I already looked it up, and I was like, there's no way, it's, that's how long it takes to get to, like, Maryland, or New Jersey, like, the, all the way to the east coast from, from Vegas, you know, Kentucky's before that, so it can't take that, nope, it does, for some reason, whatever reason, it takes that long. So when I have those kind of drives, I know I do. I know I'm a maniac and I'll drive like the, you know, 27 hours straight sometimes. Um, but getting there, I like to take a little bit of time if I can. So I'm going to still getting a later later start than usual today. But just to knock out several uh, good hours of driving um, today to make it you know less in the load. So when I get there on Thursday, I can set up and be ready for Friday and, uh, and get some rest and, uh, see all you maniacs out there at, uh, at Scarefest. So yeah, so that's why I'm leaving today. Just getting, getting stuff together. Like I said, a leisurely lead, leisurely leaving, not a, not a rushed, hurried, uh, early morning thing. So shouts out to my Patreon supporters, guys. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for your support. It means so much to me always. Um, you know, especially lately things pop up, uh, 
You know, some shows have, have been a little, little softer than than uh, anticipated. So you guys on my Patreon are helping me so much. Thank you for your support. If you are uh, interested in sending a little extra support your old Uncle Johnny's way, please go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash johnwayneisdead, or just go to johnwayneisdead.com and hit the Patreon link. Take you right there. johnwayneisdead.com has everything. I know I try to, you know, tell you guys different ways to get to things, Um just just to put the information out there. But when all else fails, if you're looking for something related to me, go to johnwayneisdead.com. I've, I've tried very hard to make sure everything is concise. Everything is there. You can get to everywhere you need to get from there. But also, there's a lot of things just right there on that page for you, uh, right there on the site. So johnwayneisdead.com. Check it out. Go to my Patreon, and you can pick from one of the tiers uh, that I have to offer, which gets you all kinds of goodies every month. But uh, everybody who uh, joins, no matter what tier, gets access to everything that is on the Patreon wall that I have, which includes a lot of awesome videos of me doing performances um, throughout the country in different conventions or bars and things like that, or different shows, some of the readings that I've been doing at conventions, plus... Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. I, I put videos up of songs that I'm working on when I'm writing them, so you kind of get a little glimpse behind the scenes at the process, or or maybe like an earlier version of something before it gets refined to its uh, you know final product. So, uh, plus lots of early access to short stories, things before they come out. I, I give chapter I, my new book, which we'll just talk we'll talk about in a second. Everyone got a sneak peek at that on my Patreon. Got to read the first chapter uh, a week before it came out. So. Um, Things like that, plus access to the Awesome Dude for Life Boner bonus podcast. As if all of this stuff wasn't enough, you get a podcast, and it is where I speak with uh, the different artists that I meet all around the country, um, all kinds of artists, not just writers, you know, uh, visual artists, actors, models, comedians, singers, musicians, songwriters, all kinds of people that I meet. Uh it is very awesome. I love doing that show. Uh, I think we're over 110 episodes or something like that now. So you get access to all the back episodes, all the future episodes, and everything on there. It's a good little deal, and it helps put some extra change in your Uncle Johnny's pocket, which I really very much appreciate. So thank you, guys. Check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash johnwayneisdead, or just click the link at johnwayneisdead.com. Now, exciting news. Beep, 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 We talked about this a little last week when I had Scarlet on the show, but my new book, Deadline, my new novel, Deadline, is out now. As you're hearing my voice, you can get it. We had, uh, first of all, big, huge thanks to everyone who, uh, all the people who checked it out, like when I launched last week, I, I did a little teaser. I kind of came out of the darkness like this. That's how I am, guys. I'm very mysterious about things. I like to just kind of, uh, that's a, that's a, ask some people, ask around. That's a John, seems to be a John Wayne trademark of sorts of my behavior where I just like, uh, you know, kind of just spring things on you. Know, turn around and be like, "Yeah, guess what? You know, I'm. You know, I did this or this is that. Hey, I'm moving to Vegas. You know, those kind of things. Like, when are you when are you gonna move? Uh, t- tomorrow. What? You know, those those are the kind of things I do. So I come out of the darkness, much like uh, a private detective who wears a costume um, and and flies around uh, on a, on a on a magic belt. Uh, that is me. And I came out of of the darkness with my uh, boom, dropped it. Hey here's a pre-order that's going to come out at noon tomorrow get ready noon today whatever i, I dropped a pre-order at noon uh, it was a bundle there was 30 available with a signed and numbered copy of the book um 
It includes a, a bloody knife charm that you can put on a keychain or, or something, you know, or your, your backpack, like zippers and things like that. Very cool. Uh, also, a special uh, holographic sticker of the cover art, which was done by myself. Uh, and um, plus, there's an extra bonus goodie in there, the custom piece of art that I've uh, made for everybody who ordered. And it is, it's, it's very cool. And it's all packaged really neat. I'm, I'm happy. I hope that uh, everyone who gets the orders like is, is, is happy with it because I'm very happy with the way it came out in the presentation. So first, so I just want to say thank you guys. And when I say the people are getting them because they sold out, they sold out that day. Uh, within a matter of a few hours, they were gone. Um, all 30 of the pre-orders were completely sold out. So thank you guys for that. That was a tremendous uh, buoy to my spirits. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was very cool. You, know, you put something out new, you never know. You know, you're trying to... You know, yeah, I've got, you know, from my point of view or my perspective, yes, you have a readership, you know, of people who, who are there for you regardless, but you don't want to, you know, you, you still want to please that, you know, you want to put out the best thing possible regardless of of whatever, you know, is going on. And I think I've managed to do that. I, I'm really happy with this book. Um, just a little little background on it, just to let you know, this book is about a, uh, a voice actor named Cody Burns, who is... Uh, you know he's kind of got the he's he's got a little chip on his shoulder because he's 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 excelled the um, the ladder of his career very quickly and and mostly by accident uh, they fell into it. He is uh, you know kind of a hot shot, likes to party kind of guy, but uh, he's a little late sometimes. You know he misses a lot of uh, of his deadlines um, with his uh, people. So. Um, so uh, he he ends up getting a deal from another agent who who says you get him everything he wants, but he just cannot miss any of these deadlines, and uh, hilarity ensues. But no, it's um it's really cool. It's 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 a fast paced novel. Things happen very fast. Where all of a sudden, uh, Cody is is got a lot of options cut off from him um, without him really realizing that has happened. So I'm very happy with it. Like I said, please check out my my new book, Deadline. You can get it right now on Amazon, of course. Um, but if you want to get one from me, uh, from, the, from the site, like I said, the pre-orders are sold out now. But I will be having, when the store is stocked, which should be in about a week uh, when I receive my books, I'll put those up there, and those will come from the John Wayne is Dead site uh, shop, and I'll sign those uh, as well and send those out to you um, so you can get a signed copy. But if you want to have it now, get on it. You can get on on Amazon uh, and Kindle and all that uh, at this moment. So very cool. It's also this is the first self-published release, self-release from me. Now I have uh, you know because all of my everything else I've published in the past. Um, has been traditionally published through a publisher, through a magazine, through whatever, um, you know, through through another, through a, a publishing house, through a press. So uh, I, um, so I, uh, like I said, I this was a this was kind of a little bit of a, an experiment to see. Now I have done, you know, you guys know me. I've been playing in bands for twenty some years, so I've put out a lot of music. Um, records on my own and through small uh, uh, labels as well. So I, I kind of know both sides of that. And, and as I've said in the past, this kind of like my all my experience through that, like do, through playing in bands and stuff, in which I still do, you know, um, it's easily translated for me over to my book stuff. Um, it's just kind of like uh, it's an easy pivot or it's at least easy 
for me to see it like that. So I wasn't like, well, I've put music out by, by myself before, but I have some other, you know, some of my contemporaries and some other people experimenting with like, you know, their own presses or imprints or just putting some things out uh, self-published and other things out through their their publishers. And I was like, well, let me try something, you know, I uh, this kind of came out. It came out of like a thing where I was like, you know, I have a book. You know, like like I've said before, my my uh, my my Western, my Spider Western from Death Said Press got uh, pushed back. It's still coming out. It's just not coming out this year. So 2023, because of the restructuring and everything they're doing over there, the schedule has been uh, just kind of pushed. So that is pushed back. So I was expecting that to already have been out. So I was expecting to have this release and and have something new to, to promote while I'm out on the road. And when that didn't happen. And I, you know, got the official, okay, well, it's going to be later. I was like, well, fuck, you know, I have something else that I will announce soon um, that's coming out in January from a, from a publisher. But I was like, man, I want, I got to have something else out. I, I, and I had this book in me and it just kind of blah, came out. And like I said, in about five weeks, I wrote this whole thing um, and had it, you know, beta read and edited and stuff. And then I was like, well, you know, I'm going to give this a shot, but I put this one out myself and see what happens. So I, um... You know, so that's it. So it's out there now. So it's on my own imprint, Awesome Dude for Life Press, which uh, I'm sure you could have seen that one coming. But um, I'm very excited. So uh, thank you for the the good reception that it's gotten so far. Uh, when 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 you guys start, you know, I know it just came out, but when you guys read it, please, if you wouldn't mind, go to uh, Amazon or Goodreads and and leave a review. Uh, it it helps push the book up like in the algorithm so more people can see it. Uh, plus, it it just it just is very helpful. So. Thank you so much uh, for everyone to check it out. Please continue to check it out. I will be continuing to promote the shit out of it, so don't think this is the last you're going to hear about it. Um, also, just launched today. Before I jumped on the mic here to start recording this, I uh, I just dropped a book trailer video for Deadline. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, I want to see that, you can hit pause right now. It's on my Facebook. Uh, it's on my Instagram. It's on my TikTok. It's on my Twitter, all at John Wayne is dead or my you know Facebook is John Wayne Kaminali. The video is up there. It's also on my YouTube. Uh, it's quick. It's 45 seconds. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I used to make these videos back in Houston, Dirty Third, Third Coast, shouts out, uh, with Nick P, shouts out, Nick P, much love, and uh, and now that I'm in Vegas, I had uh, the lovely Scarlett helped shoot this for me, um, but I had all, had this out, I had a, a vision for this, how I wanted this to go, I kind of like storyboarded it a little bit, uh, wrote down the shots that I wanted, explained to her like, hey, this is how I, this is what, you know, we're going to do this, is what we're going to go for, let's do this. She was excellent um, at it. She did. So when you see this, it's all shot by her. She shot all the footage um, and uh, I directed it and, you know, kind of did all the shots, set the shots up and then we went. It happens real quick. It's it's fun. It's bloody. It features me. Um, but another cool thing about this video is the music that you hear uh, in it is also me. Uh, I played the guitar and bass, uh, just in this heavy, like quick, like heavy, like kind of like, uh, you know, metal, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, like grind metal type of thing. That's just like, and all the screen, there's tons, there's this two, I did two different tracks of screamings, uh, that I did and layered those on there. So that's all me too. So all the music, all the screaming, um, you know, the video we, we may, I mean, with the help of Scarlet, the lovely Scarlet, uh, it got done. And it's the first, you know, first video, first release, all from Awesome Dude for Life Press. 
And uh, it's kind of like, it's fun. It was a return to uh, return to the days of old. Not days of old, but, you know, some people, you know, a lot of a lot of you guys have been out there, have been following me for, for a long time, from the beginning, if not shortly after I started. And with my first, let's see, three books, I believe. The first three books I put out, I had these book trailers that I did. And uh, just because I like to do stupid commercials and funny stuff like that. And Nick P and I always like for years and years have been filming stupid stuff in, in our, you know, separate apartments or whatever, wherever we happen to live at the time, making crazy, stupid videos for no reason. So at least we had a reason to make some of these. So I, um, yeah, I had a, uh, so I had a blast doing this. So it's like, it's kind of like a return to the old thing. It was like, I feel like my, my the, the juices, you know, and it's not that I didn't want to film things for the, the the releases that have come in, you know, since <clears throat> since those three, but it's 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 been a lot, and I've been um and and this is semi an excuse because you guys know I hate to make I don't like to make excuses and um but time just kind of it gets away from you and it's like I I was traveling so much and it's like okay the books out okay blah, 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 and and then a couple of them just kind of like also were like oh you guys are putting this out today I oh some lead time would have been nice but okay no problem you know it's coming it's out so. Um, so for, so for other, just certain reasons, you know, time constraints, uh, you know, actual, uh, having, you know, things and the, the time and the, uh, ability to, to film something has kind of like, uh, create something for these, the other books. It just, it just slipped away from me. Um, but whatever, there were other promotion things that went along with it, like Major the Hellmouth. I had that awesome, uh, pre-release order bundle that that was uh that had the, the the custom d12 with it so i you know experimented with different things but this is a return to old i've got uh old and new because i got the box set that comes with the little goodies for the pre-orders plus i did this video which i'm very proud of and i'm very proud of the book i'm happy all around with this release so i hope that you uh sincerely hope you check it out and that you enjoy it um uh, it, it would mean a, a whole, whole lot to me uh, to, to have, let's knock this one out of the park. Let's make it a, a huge success right off the bat and keep that kind of rolling. Uh, I would so, so, so much appreciate it. So thank you guys. Thank you guys just for listening to the show. I, I mean, I, I can't ask for more. Uh, if you're new to the show, just checking it out. And I, I maybe I recently met you at a convention or another show. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking time to check in and see what's this fucking book weirdo all about. Yeah, that's right. Here I am, the book weirdo. Um, so, so yeah, please uh, check it out. Check out that video and, and let's share it around a bunch. Like share it, just keep sharing it, retweeting it. Uh, it, it would mean the world to me. So thank you guys so much for checking that out. Um, so outside of that, we talked a little bit about the tarot deck last week with uh, when, when Scarlett was on. Um, still waiting for the, uh, the sample deck. It's coming. Uh, the printer that it, this is go- all going through is actually located in Australia, down under in Australia. Shappy. Um, throw another, yeah, okay, all that stuff. So it's, it's shipping is, you know, takes take some time. It's not just like a Amazon Prime, get it by tomorrow type of thing. Um, but I know it's, it's, it is shipped. I have the shipping uh, tracking number. I have all that shit. So it should be here. I know it'll be here by the time I get back from Lexington. Unfortunately, I wish it was going to be here before then, but uh, doesn't look like that's going to happen. So it's coming, folks. Thanks you, everyone that's been hanging in on, on this tarot deck wondering what the hell is going on with it. It's it's happening. I have to get these proofs. I have to approve them. I have to, then we can push the button on the you know 
production, the huge production line. So, so we'll get that all going. And I, of course, will be keeping you, um, uh, you know, uh, in the loop on all of that stuff. So I mentioned, um, the awesome dude for life boner bonus podcast, which is available on my Patreon. Um, and, uh, so over there this week, I am actually, because I have another, um, something else special coming out, um, a lot of you guys know I do audiobooks as well. I am, uh, do narration for um, a lot of other books, a lot of uh, great authors' books that I've been hired to do. Um, working on some right now. I, I have jobs lined up. It's great. Um, I very much appreciate that work. But I did, um, I've done a couple of my own books, and most recently just did one um, of my books, As Seen on TV from Grindhouse Press. I just narrated that, and uh, it's all up there and everything, and just waiting for the old uh, approval from the uh, ACX, which is the company that runs all that stuff. So, um, which is just, you know, it just takes like two weeks or something for them to be like, all right, that's approved. So, uh, that should be out, honestly, any day now. I'm I'm expecting that to show up, but and but for now, as as a um to show my appreciation and kind of give you a little taste for what I do over on the Awesome Dude for Life uh boner bonus podcast this week, uh, I'm going to release several chapters of it uh for for the Patreon people to check out. But here in the in the John Wayne Lied to You feed, I'm going to. Uh, play, uh, give you a little taste, you know, the, maybe maybe one, d- definitely one, maybe two chapters I'll sneak in here for you guys to check out so you can get a little taste of uh, the my, my book, As Seen on TV, a little bit of like my vocal work here. And, uh, you know, if you are if you have Audible and you like to listen to audiobooks, hey, there, I've got a bunch of stuff up there, not just As Seen on TV, uh, a couple of my own. You can check it all out. But right now, we're going to go ahead and listen to a little bit of the audio version of of As Seen, my novel, As Seen on TV, from Grindhouse Press. Here we go. Chapter 1 Artie watched the woman in front of him place her items on the counter, and he was trying hard, really hard, to keep his mouth shut. He'd been in line behind her at Bloomwall's drugstore for the last six minutes, eyeing what was in the small red plastic basket dangling from her liver-spotted claw of a hand. The wrinkly skin on her fingers hung loose like miniature scrotums, except where it stretched tight over golf-ball-sized knuckles swollen from years of arthritis. The jiggly meatbag woman had somehow manipulated the laws of physics by managing to slip two rings past her ball-bearing knuckles. There were enough diamonds jammed into the gaudy baubles to pay off Artie's school loans, but, of course, he'd stopped paying those some time ago. The sour-faced hag placed her final item on the counter, and Artie could hold his tongue no more. The new model is so worth it, he blurted out. I mean, the original was good, but they've really outdone themselves with this new one. He was of course talking about the scrubtastic, extendable scrub stick she'd placed on the counter. It was marked with a label Artie knew very well. Intimately, even. It adorned many of the items in his home, and contained the four best words in the English language, as seen on TV. The cashier, whose name was Donna, was familiar with Artie's appreciation for these products, but offered no explanation to the beak-nosed bridge troll as to what he was referring. Donna wasn't the nicest person in the world, and certainly had her moments of being what her ex-husband referred to as a world-class bitch, 
The only reason she tolerated Artie was because she thought he was mentally challenged or suffered a form of PTSD, or both. He, of course, was not, but often people didn't know what to make of his personality and assumed all sorts of things. Artie liked that his disposition could be perceived as disarming or annoying depending on who you asked and what time you asked them. Unlike Donna, the bejeweled elderly woman in front of Artie did not know of his penchant for the popular product line. Her back was to Artie, and she threw a quick half-glance over her shoulder, lips pursed tight like the first time, but she didn't acknowledge him. She gave Donna a look that said, What's with this guy? Donna didn't particularly care if the woman found Artie annoying, but only because she didn't care about anything having to do with her job including the customers. To her, you were just a few ticks on the clock closer to quitting time. Donna stood, stone-faced, staring straight ahead, mechanically moving items across a small piece of glass on the counter with a scanner beneath. She may as well have been a robot. The old woman opened her purse, stuck a scrotum-fingered hand inside, and waited for the total. Artie thought himself tolerable of most behavior, and he was self-aware enough to know his quirks could wear people's patience thin, but one thing he could not tolerate was rudeness. There was just never a reason for it, and being rude was never helpful in any situation. Artie went out of his way to be polite to everyone, regardless of whether he knew them or not. This woman didn't know Artie from fuck all, yet she deemed him unworthy of exchanging even a few words with. The notion switched the track his train of thought was on, and he didn't realize it was his turn. Donna sighed longer than necessary before she called his name to snap him from his daze. Artie looked up just in time to see the old woman about to walk through the automatic door and called out to her. Well, I know you're gonna love it, he smiled. I liked it so much, I had to get another one. Artie held up the box he was holding. It was the same as-seen-on-TV, scrubtastic, extendable scrub stick the woman had just purchased. She paused at the door, mostly startled but also confused. Her wadded mash of a face shifted quickly to express annoyance as she stepped through the door with a huff, shaking her head all the way through the parking lot. Donna didn't see it, nor did anyone in line behind him, but Artie did. It was barely perceptible but this kind of thing never escaped his scrutinizing gaze. It was fear. In the slight moment between surprise and anger, Artie saw fear clearly register on the old woman's face. Artie, for Christ's sake, said Donna, tapping her obnoxiously long, candy purple-colored fingernails on the counter. People are waiting behind you. Artie took one more moment to savor the delight the woman's fear had given him before turning around to face the line behind him. He put his hands up as if surrendering and stretched his mouth into an appealing smile. I'm sorry about that, he said, shaking his head. So sorry, Donna. Artie placed his item on the counter, took the basket from the hand of the woman behind him, and set it on the counter as well. To make up for it, I'm going to pay for her items as well, said Artie, his smile never wavering. Oh, no, said the woman, who was younger than Artie and had a toddler clutching her other hand. It's really not that big of a deal. You don't need to do that. Ma'am, I'm sorry, but I have to insist. Artie emptied the woman's basket on the counter so Donna could scan the contents. I would feel awful the rest of the week if I didn't. I assure you, it's really my pleasure. The woman acquiesced and her cheeks glowed red as she thanked him. 
It had been years since her husband had spoken that politely to her, and she'd forgotten what it felt like. When the transaction was finished, Artie said goodbye to Donna and the woman and stepped out into the parking lot just in time to see a shit-brown Buick sedan pulling out into the street. Behind the wheel was the rude old woman. Chapter 2 Artie ran his hurricane spin brush across the black ceramic tile of his bathroom floor for the fourth time in the last hour. He'd taken off and cleaned the easy-to-remove bristles twice already with the hose in the backyard and was going to have to do it at least one more time before he would be satisfied. He'd redone his entire bathroom in black, including the sink, tub, and toilet because it hid the blood better. The original white tile was too porous and turned pink within a month, no matter how hard Artie scrubbed, so he switched everything out for their black counterparts. This helped conceal any mess, or at least made it less conspicuous, but Artie remained diligent in his cleaning. How could he not, with so many amazing cleaning products at his disposal, thanks to the good people at As Seen on TV? Once he was satisfied with the floor, he would move on to the walls and tub. Artie's As Seen on TV Hurricane Spin Scrubber with Extra Extension was leaned up against the wall next to the new Scrubtastic Extendable Scrub Stick he'd bought earlier that day. On the floor was the crumpled bloody box of the scrubtastic extendable scrub stick old scrotum fingers had bought. Artie hadn't opened it yet, and hoped no damage was done to the product. Between the three cleaning implements, he'd be able to get the bathroom floor, tub, and walls clean, but the small spatter in the corner of the ceiling was a different story. Artie had already gotten angry about it and thrown a fit, so there was no use in rehashing any more of that emotion. This was just another one of those small learning experiences that happened from time to time, although they came with much less frequency these days. He thought he'd learned all the lessons he'd need to by now, but was humble enough to acknowledge he benefited from the ongoing learning experience. Artie was confident something from his stable of scrubtastic products would be able to remove the stain visually, but nothing else. The blood was already in the microscopic holes of the drywall, where it bound to the material in a way that made it impossible to fully clean. Artie was brainstorming how he would cut the small section out and patch it without it being noticeable. He'd figure it out. He always did. But now, he needed to focus on his task at hand. The brushes whirred quietly, a feature he appreciated, and the soft sound acted like a white noise machine that soothed Artie. It helped slow down his mind, helped him to think. Cleaning had always been a cathartic experience, especially now more than ever, and he sometimes wondered if he was starting to enjoy cleaning more than killing. But that couldn't be true. He couldn't have one without the other, and either as a solitary act would be somehow less satisfying. Artie flipped the switch on the handle to turn the device off and leaned it against the wall with the others. He would need to clean the brushes one more time, like he thought, but decided to start on the tub and walls before revisiting the floor. He plugged the drain and filled the tub with a few inches of hot water that turned red and murky as it mixed with the cast-off blood spatter. Under the sink, Artie kept a variety of cleaning products, most of which were used to refill the reservoirs of various cleaning devices. He had to keep a few additional items on hand for when he had a particularly large mess to deal with, like he did today. He pulled out a gallon bottle of bleach from the back and dumped half of it into the tub. 
Artie picked up the scrubtastic brush closest to him, checked the tank to ensure it was filled with the exclusive patented cleaning solution, and began to scrub his shower walls, ever so often dipping his bristles into the bleach water. While he scrubbed, Artie's mind wandered back to a time when he had to clean up these kinds of messes without the help of Vaseline on TV products. A mess like the one he was cleaning now would have taken at least three times longer, and even then, it wouldn't be as clean as he could get things now. The as-seen-on-TV scrubtastic scrub stick was the first of such products he'd bought from Bloomwalls, but that was back before it was extendable. Artie used it to clean blood he'd tracked across the hardwood floor after a rather messy and complicated dispatching of a Boy Scout he'd lured from a campsite. Artie fell in love that day and there was no going back. This was why he was excited to talk to the old woman about the one she was purchasing, because he knew she was going to love it. If she had only been kind enough to exchange a few words with him, she would be at home right now, enjoying her scrub stick as much as Artie enjoyed his. In hindsight, he was glad she had snubbed him, because it made Artie's decision for him. He was either going to be the old woman, or the mother and child that had been behind him in line. Besides, it was always easier dealing with one person, even if the second was only a kid. They had a tendency to slip through the blood-slick hands and ended up being more trouble than they were worth. It wasn't hard for Artie to snatch the old woman and get her back to his home. He easily caught up to the brown Buick, followed from a distance, and slowed to a crawl when it turned into a driveway. When the old woman got out of her car and opened the trunk to retrieve her bags, Artie made his move. He swung into the driveway behind her, gave a light honk and wave from the open driver's side window of his black Ford Tempo. It was the kind of car most people would refer to as a beater, but Artie was more concerned with having a vehicle that was inconspicuous rather than anything that might stand out in someone's mind. Excuse me, ma'am. Artie smiled as he stepped from the car. It's me, the guy behind you in line at the bloom walls earlier. I asked you about your scrubtastic extendable scrub stick, remember? The woman seemed confused and thrown off as she looked down at the item he was talking about clutched in her hand. Artie closed his door and approached her, his hand behind his back, concealing the blackjack he was holding. The blackjack was an antiquated weapon you don't typically hear about anymore, but that was why he liked it so much. It made him feel like he was being original by attempting to revive a fad in 19th century weaponry. He gave her time to respond as he closed the gap between them, but she remained tight-lipped and glared at Artie as he approached. I'm glad I was able to follow you because you dropped this when you walked out of the store. I wanted to make sure I gave it back to you. What's that? she said, lowering her guard. This. Artie stepped up and clocked her in the side of the head with the leather-sacked hunk of lead. He'd used the ancient weapon enough to know exactly how much force was needed to incapacitate and not kill. Her initial shock and confusion faded into sadness with the realization of what was happening. These expressions were priceless to Artie, and he often fell asleep to a catalogued slideshow of similar images he kept in his mind. Her knees buckled, and as she fell back into the trunk, Artie slipped his arm around her back to guide her down. He picked up her legs, swung them in, slammed the lid, and glanced around for witnesses. He'd scanned the area as he drove up already, but it never hurt to take a second look. He slipped the blackjack into his back pocket, placed his hands on the closed trunk, and breathed deeply, taking time to enjoy the moment. 
The hard part was over, and now Artie could work at his own pace, savoring every moment along the way. He walked around to the driver's side of the old woman's car, reached through the open window, and pressed the button on a device attached to the visor. The garage door opened slowly, the rusty chain jerking the old wooden thing up against the ceiling. Artie could tell from the sound of it there wasn't much life left in that chain, not that the old bag had to worry about it now. He climbed into the Buick and turned the key, conveniently still in the ignition. Artie hated having to dig through old woman's purses, because he usually ended up with two or three handfuls of used tissue and melted butterscotch before finding the keys, and that was if he was lucky. He pulled the car into the garage, killed the engine, and left the key where he'd found it. Artie strolled to his black tempo, backed into the street, turned around, and backed it into the driveway, getting his bumper as close as he could to the Buick. When they were nearly touching, Artie popped his trunk, hopped out, then walked around to pop the Buick's trunk as well. He transferred the woman to his trunk by leaning over the side and rolling her across the nearly touching bumpers. Artie slammed both trunks at the same time, moved his car down the driveway, and pulled the garage door down by the manual release. He'd come back later tonight to set a small, accidental fire, but that was hours from now. He would fill those hours dealing with the old woman. And then he would clean to reflect and clear his head. Now Artie dipped the scrub-tastic in the bloodied bleach water to take one more pass at the tiled walls around the tub before switching to his extendable hurricane brush to finish the job. Tomorrow, Artie would sleep most of the day, which was customary after a kill, but the day after tomorrow was Wednesday, and he'd be up bright and early. This was the day the new As Seen on TV products went out on the shelves at Bloomwalls, and he planned on getting there when the doors opened. All right, there we go. That was As Seen on TV, the uh, audiobook version, a little bit of that, a little sample of that for you guys. <clears throat> Please, uh... Shoot on over to patreon.com slash dead or, or go to the link on the johnwayneisdead.com site and you can join for as little as a dollar a month and you can listen to more of that book plus all the other episodes with the interviews I have with awesome people uh, who I have met and all the other cool stuff. And I appreciate the support very much. And for the full audiobook, that will be up on Audible uh, here in a, in a few days, I imagine, and I will... Uh, be, be pimping that out or promoting it so look to my social media for for uh, more information on that at john wayne is dead on instagram twitter and tiktok so um as i mentioned at the top of the show i am leaving to go to uh, lexington kentucky for Scarefest here in just a matter of hours and um <clears throat> excuse me i uh so i was so i was thinking about that i was like you know what what better what better time for me than now for me to regale you with uh, my trip to the first Scarefest I went to uh, pre-pandemic um, and talk about the time I had there because it was quite fun and quite interesting and uh, a good time. So here we go. Uh, in order to celebrate Scarefest this year, here is a, 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 a glimpse of Scarefest past. So, uh, Scarefest Pass. The first Scarefest I went to was, um, I believe it was 2019. Now, it's not like we're going way, way in the way back machine here, but it was shortly before the pandemic and everything happened. So, everything was still like 
out and wild and and we were having a good time. This was my first trip to Scarefest and and you know the first I, I was really kind of ramping up in all of my conventions around that time and and a little before then. But this was uh, this was fun. This was a, a, another road trip. I remember. Um, I uh, I don't know if Nick couldn't come or what what the deal was was with that, but I went with um, uh, Jared Barbie of Death Said Press. We had a great, awesome time uh, there. I remember just driving up, like the two of us were driving, and uh, it was raining like a motherfucker, like a bastard ass bitch. It was just pouring for so long, like leaving all through Houston, like not, I mean. Houston, through Texas, like getting out of Texas, getting into Arkansas, it was still just like blind rain, like blindingly pouring on us. And we were laughing so hard about like, we can't even see, man, we're all going to die, man. You know, like uh, that I might have been doing some dabs. So uh, I was uh, definitely in, in a silly mood. But uh, yeah, it was just it was I remember it was very, very funny. We could not see a goddamn thing because of that rain. I was like, man, we might not even get there. We might not even last a day on this trip. Uh, but we did. We drove straight. We did a straight drive. I forget what it was from from Houston, but it was like a, you know, one of those twenty hour things, something like that, probably. Uh, we drove all night. You know, took took uh, turns. You know, we finally got out of that rain and all that craziness, and we got into Lexington. Lexington is like. Uh, the University of Kentucky is there, which like is a huge, you know, school It's a big school, but it's big in basketball. You know, that's a big basketball thing, the University of Kentucky. Um, and I remember like we got there and it was ass early, not ass early, but like, you know, eight in the morning or something like that. I don't think we could check into this Airbnb we had. So like 11. So we kind of just cruised around the town and everything. Like if you listen to when I was recapping this initial, a couple of years back, everything is like university of Kentucky themed, like everything, everything. We went to the Kroger, to the grocery store. It was a university of Kentucky themed grocery store. All the checkout counters, the light, the, you know, let them know, you, you know, you're, they let you know they're open with the light on. They were all University of Kentucky lights. All the signage in the grocery store was themed for the university. I was like, what in the fuck is this? Um, if you saw five people, four of them were wear, were wearing some kind of University of Kentucky gear, hat, shirt, whatever, if not all five of them. So, I mean, you're talking like, you, you, we walk into the belly of the beast here, you know, this is like, these people bleed this royal blue Kentucky color for their basketball. And um, it's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. But we I remember we like kind of drove around. We bopped around a little bit just checking out the town. And we went to uh, – the campus is huge and sprawling. I don't think we really realized we were on campus, but we were on like in the edge of the campus. And we ate at this diner, which was surprisingly University of Kentucky themed. And uh, we had like a nice like big greasy breakfast and, uh, and shit. So um, – uh, it, it, it was, it was good. It was like, we were also deliriously exhausted. Cause yeah, we slept on and off while the other driving, but that's never really good restful sleep. We were both tired. So, you know, we ate that breakfast. We went to the grocery store and just bought a bunch of supplies just for the, for, to have for the house. Cause we got a little house, you know, Airbnb house, because we were sharing it with a couple other authors, uh, that were coming into town. So uh, I remember as we get there, like we immediately like took our shirts and shoes off when we got to the place. Like we're both like bare chested, no shoes, bringing all the shit in. I don't know why it was like, we had to take our shirts off. It's hot. We've been, you know, driving all night. 
But then it was just kind of like we put we took everything into the house and we're like, all right, well, see you later. Like shook hands and went to like each bed, like different bedrooms and just like crashed out for like five or six hours till the evening. And um, we didn't have to get there. We didn't have to load until the, the, the next morning or something. So it was fine. So we just kind of like chilled that that night and hung out. And uh we load and the next day we go to load in and you know this is a big convention it was in transition of where they were having it because i think it was the convention center where they were having it was under construction so they had to move like a lot of the the tables and everything it was like kind of sectioned off like only a part of the convention center was was functioning i guess you could say so we weren't in the main room like the main ballroom or whatever we were one of the tables on the outskirts uh, by that, I mean, we were in the hallway of the convention center, which that happened. You go to a lot of conventions. There's always shit like set up in the hallway, up and down. Um, we were also the first table you would see when you enter. So when people enter, they come onto this big, like cool arch that they have made. That's all, all scary, scarefest arch. And then we're the first fucking table right there on your right. So like a lot of people who like to a lot of uh, not not every vendor but some vendors that do these things seem to have no other reason to exist but to complain about things and it doesn't matter what they will find a reason to complain but i think we all know people like that who we can you know plug into any situation your job school whatever there's just people that they're not happy unless they're complaining and there's there's a certain type of vendor that's like that as well and sometimes when they get put like in the there's there's a lot of vendors who will blame their success their lack of success mostly or success based on they'll be like where they are located on the the vendor room floor or the hall wherever their table is located basically well we weren't on an end cap so we didn't do good we didn't get traffic well we were towards the back well we were towards the front so i'm back like they'll find reasons for anything me i've said this before i'll say it again I don't give a shit where you put me at the convention. Put me on the roof and I will sell everything I have on the table. That's it. I don't care. Like, that's not an excuse to me. Like, where I'm put, it, that doesn't fucking matter. You'll, you'll find me. You, you will get to me. It, it doesn't matter. I will find you. So, they put us in the hallway. Like, you know, and then, like, there's some, like, there's some amount of, like, almost backhanded apology that goes in when people are like, sorry, we had to put you in the hall and scene. Like they're already apologizing like a preemptive apology. Cause they kind of know that they're going to get like those vendors who are like, ah, the hallway. Well, I'm sorry. We had to put you out here, but there's a traffic. And then they'll try to make an excuse. And out, you know, Jared and I were like, I don't care. Fine. This is fine. This works. This is cool. So we had two tables because he had like the death set stuff and my stuff. And we set everything up. We're in the hallway. Um, and, uh, we did not, you know, when anytime any show starts, I'm always like, well, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. You know, we'll see what this is going to be like. Didn't know what to expect. But from the get, dude, we were selling books from the get. Opened the fucking gates on Friday night. You know, one thing like I'm very conscious of or I try to be very conscious of with with people that I'm talking to at the conventions, the attendees is like they don't. Yeah, you want to talk to them and be and be welcoming and genuine and open. But but like. You have to be aware that sometimes like people just walk, they just got there and they're kind of bopping around and looking and they don't want to necessarily spend a bunch of time at this table because they just saw you. They have to, they want to see other people. They want to see the whole thing. Some people they know, I, I want books. You have books. Cool. I don't have to go look anywhere else. You're here. But I'm always like, hey, you know, this is what I got. But hey, I know it just got here. Take my, 
bookmark, you know, go bop around, but come back and see me. I'm very, I'm very aware of that. So I try to always kind of present that to people when I can tell that they just got there or they said, you know, but the people were coming in. We, we have that, we had that kind of like mentality of like, Hey, you want to look around, come back and see us. People were buying books immediately, just immediately. We were selling books. And I remember like Friday night when we were done on Friday, like I was overly pleased. I was like, wow, like this is amazing. And some of the other authors we were with are, are friends of ours, they were in the main room, but sharing a booth, like a 10 by 10 booth. Yeah. But there was like five or six of them all in one booth, which sometimes good, sometimes bad. It just depends. But anytime you put that many people in there, it doesn't matter how many books you sell, you're splitting the splitting the difference there. You know, the, the booth could have sold like 50 books that night or whatever, just as an example, but maybe each author in there sold like five or eight or 10, you know? So it's just like, it gets it gets kind of muddled i think whatever i don't know but we were very happy and uh to celebrate took some acid as i am wont to do and uh i think we just like watched we didn't even do anything crazy i think we watched like god's the new that godzilla versus mothra or something movie uh king of the monsters i think that had just come out and uh we got that like on pay-per-view or something not pay-per-view but like on demand and uh watched that all on acid and I was like, well, that was a movie, I guess. And uh, I just stayed up smoking weed and hanging, just like kind of chilling. And Saturday, uh, again, Saturday was like a whirlwind of busyness. Um, it was awesome. But one, one of the cool things that I remember about that convention is I got to meet the, uh, the gravely unusual guys, the magazine gravely unusual. I, cause I walked by their table and I was just like, Whoa, okay. Tell me about this guys. If you don't know what this is, check it out. It's a badass magazine that has like, you know, stories, articles like uh you know interviews reviews fucking comics art all kind of like horror all horror related stuff uh i've i've had a, a story and an issue uh myself after meeting these guys it was awesome so check this out that was a very cool thing that happened from that so saturday super ass busy you know we're listening to craft work and eating uh, raw onions in a hot van um that's just a little inside joke but we aren't really doing that but we're we're, we're shucking and jiving for sure and saturday night we're hanging out and uh, I, that was when I met, uh, who has now become a very, very good friend of mine, very talented writer, Mr. Tony Evans. He came by, came to our, our he was going to crash at our Airbnb, and we were outside just like hanging out, talking. Uh, I was on acid again and uh, smoking weed, and I, I'd lost my shirt again at that point. So Tony just like comes to the backyard and has to meet this shirtless, tripping maniac. Uh, but we hit it off and, and, and talked a whole lot, and we have, we have uh, you know, We've cultivated quite a uh, wonderful friendship. So, so check out Tony Evans stuff um, for sure. He's a, he's a good buddy of mine and a great writer. And, and if you need to fuck a bucket of mud, man, he can get you one in a in a minute's notice. So, uh, you know, more on that later. But so we uh, yeah we had a great time on Sunday. Like um, so, I remember Sunday. I I was almost out of books Sunday. Like uh, of what I had brought, um, I think I had less than ten books to sell. And Jared was like, when you sell the last, the last book, when you sell out, we're leaving. That's it. You know, I think the, the floor closed at like five on Sunday, right? It's like 10 to five, I believe is what it was. So we're, we're, we're doing a thing. Like I'm starting to sell, like there, it starts to get down low, low. I have like two books left or something. And Jared's like, once you sell, we're out, we're out. So about 10 minutes to noon, I sell my last book. Jared's like, let's go. He like shuts it. Like it was like he ripped the tablecloth off and all the books were gone and already packed or something. 
it was uh, it was funny because we had a long drive. I know, and sometimes it gets like whatever. I I you know sometimes some people don't like to stay to the end. I like to stay to the end, but I was with him, whatever. So and I plus I was sold out of everything. So I was like, well, if you want to go, I mean, I'm I'm not lo- it's not like I'm losing sales by leaving. I already sold it all. So so that was cool. But one of the cool thing, one of the things that was cool about that was that was like one of the first times I've ever sold out everything that I brought, which doesn't happen all the time, especially now I have a lot of product that I can bring and a lot of books, but it, it, it was very special, very important, something I will not forget. Uh, cause that's only happened a handful of times. If that where I've sold every single product that I brought, every single book, everything is gone. Uh, so it was very special and very important. Uh, for me. So I'll always remember that. Aside from the fact that we had a great trip, we had a great time. Um, we drove through sheets of rain, might as well have been driving underwater. Uh, it was great. And, and, and like, this has since gone on, you know, it's still be, been a good convention. Now, after that, we had the pandemic. So it kept rolling over, rolling over. But I got to go uh, again last year. And it's in the new new convention center, like it's connected to the University of Kentucky's like basketball arena. It's like a huge complex. And uh, last year when we went, I uh, had a great time and met some cool people. Uh, I hope to meet a lot of more cool people this time and also see some old friends that I'm really looking forward to seeing. So, uh, yeah, so Scarefest, that was my Scarefest. So I just wanted to kind of get get in the mode, you know, remember, uh, remember the time that I was at Scarefest because I'm very jazzed to go uh, back again here soon, like in an hour. Yeah, all right. So, good times at Scarefest and more good times to come, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you're new to the show, I again, thank you so much for joining. I got all choked up there and emotional. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for checking me out. Guys, my new book, Deadline, it's out now. Please check it out. Go to Amazon and get one. Leave a review. Get one from my website when they drop, uh, when I get my stock filled up in a week. But thank you all for selling out the pre orders again. Thank you for checking it out. Hey, Spread the word. Share around my video, my book trailer that I just released today. It's on all of my social media. Please help me blast it out there so we can really spread the word of Deadline and get just a a great push and a great release. I appreciate all of your help. Don't forget to go to johnwaynesdead.com to check out all my stuff. You can go to the shop page there and get all the books and everything that I've put out. You can go to my apparel line there and get some all good goodies. And you can check out my Patreon there, Patreon. Uh, just click on the link and you can help out your old Uncle Johnny a little bit more if in you don't mind. Just be sure to check it out my uh, check out my shows on the on the website where I'll be next. I still have a bunch of more dates for the end of the year. So if I'm coming to your town, let's hang out, hit me up. And don't forget, follow me at John Wayne is Dead on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and uh, just my old name there on Facebook, John Wayne Communale. Thank you to everyone and I love you.